Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Pass, and I'm excited about our next guest, a friend of mine that goes way back to when we won the Super Bowl together. And here is my boy, Derek Deese, who is protecting our quarterback, Steve Young, won the Super Bowl the last time the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. So, Derek, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Derek, I want to get right into it. Okay, let's talk about this Lions Niners NFC Championship game. Break it down and what did you see? What did you like? Uh, and what do the Niners need to do different going into the Super Bowl? Well, I think they started off slow, obviously, on defense. Um, I think I think Detroit came out and threw some things at them that they weren't expecting. But um, I think overall, I think what hurt the Lions more so is is their head coach got a little bit cocky. You know, um, <laughs> I, I understand not not liking the kicker and, and going for it on fourth town and giving your team, you know, that kind of motivation and stuff like that. But when you're playing a game like that, every point counts and every point matters. Mm-hmm. And so to get that close and get down there and not get anything for it twice in a row. I mean, that's just, you can't phantom that happening. And I don't see any other team doing that. I can tell you this though, if, if, if the Niners come out and play like that against uh, KC, Number 15 ain't letting you back in the game. Yeah, that's for sure. Not yep, exactly. Now, Derek, you know, you talk about Coach Campbell, and I want to talk about the clock management um, and his play calling. I mean, it was funny. I saw something on Twitter, and someone said, he's like the guy at the blackjack table who, on 18, he's like, hit me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everybody else gets up and walks away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without so, a doubt. I mean, what? Derek, what is it? I mean, I mean, Mooch would have never done that. Like, Stephen would have never done that. What? What is it? Like, what do you think he's thinking? I know he likes this kind of mentality and going fourth and long, fourth, you know, fourth and short, uh, two point conversions. But it didn't work. His luck ran out. Well, here's the thing. I mean, he played like that somewhat throughout the season, and um, it worked sometimes, and it worked. It didn't work other times. I think that if you're if you're in the, like I said earlier, if you're in that situation and you're in that game like that and you're up by 14 at that point, why not take the extra three? You know, because now you put them instead of having having two 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 possessions to score, now they need three possessions. Yeah. And then and then if you take that other field goal instead of having two possessions where they need touchdowns and a field goal, right? Now they need three touchdowns. It's a lot harder to get three yeah. touchdowns than it is to get two touchdowns and a field goal and so forth. And it's harder to score when you have to think about scoring three times. Now, when that game hit halftime, I wasn't really worried about it um, because I still said, like, I've been a part of games where down 24 points, you come back and win that game in the second half. Whatever they put up, you can put up. So Mm -hmm. uh, adjustments were made. um, Things happened. um, And I think a lot of momentum changed, obviously, when that that field goal um, didn't happen or that fourth and two or fourth and three didn't Mm -hmm. happen. And and that just gives it just brings the crowd back into it. It brings everybody back into it. It brings the team back into it. 
Um, the offense starts going crazy because the defense has done something, um, you know, spectacular like that. And now all of a sudden now you got to deal with all that. And they didn't have to deal with that in the beginning because they had basically kind of taken everybody out of it. They shocked everybody. Um, it was emotions, obviously, for both teams, right? You got the emotions of the Lions thinking, hey, we got this thing. And then you got the emotions of the Niners saying, and what's going on? And then all of a sudden that that reverts and it's the other way around. I can't believe this happened for the Lions. And then Niners are like, yeah, I knew we had it. <laughs> so right. um, it's great to see them back. Um, it's um, it's one thing I, I, I would have liked to have played the Ravens again, to see them play the Ravens again, because I think that's the team that kind of came out um, and kind of hit us right in the mouth right away. But I think we, we would have had a better uh, – a better grasp of what they can do. All right. And then with KC, you just don't know. You just don't know what team you're going to get. Um, the the team that they had during the season, that wasn't the team that showed oh, up yeah, in, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's counting them out and everybody's, you know, they got their backs against the wall. They don't have, you know, two linemen that are missing and, and, and they just don't care. You know, they got one of the most penalized linemen uh, in the NFL um, and it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. They they figure some way, somehow, how to get the job done. And, and that's that's football, right? Sometimes they say it's better to be lucky than it is to be good. And and reality is, is you need both. You need both. You need luck and you need to be good mm-hmm. in order to win a championship. And so Kansas City has that right now. And and so the Niners, have, they're destined for it. You know, they've been marked to win it all. Um I think this is a team that, you know, once again, you're looking at a team that should win it all, you know, and, and it's a rematch of, of a Super Bowl that they've already played before. Right. So it's going to be interesting. They should know each other pretty well. The coaches know each other pretty well. The coordinators know each other. It's, it's, it's going to be a game that it's going to be exciting, I think. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout on either side. I think what we're going to watch is, is a game where it's going to come down to which QB has the ball last and who can make that last drive. Yeah. Holly? How do you grade uh, Brock Purdy's performance in this in this game? I mean, they started off slow out of the gate, but then after halftime, they they hit the gas. How do you grade? Him? Well, well, in all fairness, you know, when you look at at Brock Purdy, um, you know, they they call him Mister Irrelevant, and 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 I don't think that's the name that's fitting of him. I think he's definitely relevant. I think he's proved that he's relevant. I don't think he gets the credit that he should get. Um, I know people keep talking about, you know, well, you know, he struggled here, he struggled there. What there the thing about being a quarterback and what you've seen over the, the years is that you've seen quarterbacks that come out and they have a great first year and then they struggle really bad in their second year. Uh, he didn't have that. He had ups and downs and he had roller coasters. And sometimes some of those, those interceptions and things like that, they weren't his fault. Yeah. And you got to be a player and you got to know the game in order mm-hmm. to understand what, what I'm saying. And, um, and, you know, when balls hit receivers in the hands and they tip it up in the yeah. air and it's a tip drill and defense grabs it, that's not a quarterback's fault. Yeah, there's times where he he threw a pass and it looks like, well, where was he throwing it? Well, was the was the receiver where he was supposed to be? You know, we don't know that. And, and unless you know, like, football overall, you know, people are just seeing the, the, the end result. And they don't know what the play was mm-hmm. or what was called or what should have been done or what should have been run and what he was expecting and and that that sometimes is just having, you know, your receiver and your quarterback off sync a little bit or or the receiver not, you know, getting out where he thought he should have got out or, or misreading what the defense was giving him. And, and so I think 
the last couple of games prior to the 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 um the Detroit game, I think you were looking at Brock and people were like, ah, he's he's starting to taper down, he's tapering down. Well, he came out this game and he was he was gun ho. Um, he was fired up about really wanting to play this game and show what what he could do. And I think you you saw what he could do. Mm-hmm. Now, Derek, we talked to Jeff Garcia last week, and we were asking about the Brock Purdy hate. If you watch and you listen to the media, they're always trying to attack him. Some people kind of backtracked and said, okay, you know, I'll give him another shot. But now he has, like Shannon Sharp said, he needs to win it all for him to be considered uh, an elite quarterback. Um, what are your thoughts on Brock Purdy, and why is he getting all this hate? I, I think it, a lot of it boils down to, to how they perceive a guy. Um, a lot of times – as a, as a player, um, you come into this league and whether you're the last pick of the draft or you're a free agent, um, it's hard for some guys that have become elite to look at a guy and automatically say, hey, this guy's arrived um, and he's the face of the uh, of, a, of the franchise mm-hmm. or a face of the NFL or he's ready to be the next great thing because he's not number one or number two picked in the in the draft. Um, but we've also seen number one and number two picked in the draft be the worst player ever picked. Um, And so I think that's where a lot of that comes from. I I don't understand it. I know the quarterback gets a lot of praise when things go well. And I know the quarterback takes a lot of heat Mm -hmm. when things don't go well. Um, I haven't been able to figure out why he's taking a lot of heat because they haven't been terrible. Mm -hmm. They've been pretty damn good. And, and overall, I think you look at it, like I said, his name and how they kind of like they give him that that mantra of, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. I think that kind of states kind of what they people believe yeah. about him and and that they, maybe they need to change that that last draft pick's name because that last draft pick kind of sticks with mm-hmm. like he's Mr. Irrelevant. No, he's he's become really relevant. <laughs> and, and I think if you ask those guys in the locker room, they get behind mm-hmm. him. They support him. Um you know, you got you got guys on defense that are coming in after and talking interviews and talking about him, you know, like Fred's talking about him saying, hey, look, mm-hmm. this 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 is Brock and we're riding with Brock. Yeah. And that's what you need. And that's all that matters. And and ultimately, at the end of the day, in that locker room, we always believe that, hey, it's just us. And it's it's just a, it's just you in the locker room and, mm-hmm. and it's you against the world. And that's what it is. So when it comes to reading your press clippings and all that stuff don't do it. And I don't think they do it. And I think, you know, they don't care. Um, I like the guy. I think he's really humble. Um, I think he, he cares about his team. I think he cares about playing. I think he puts in the work um, and, and it shows, and I don't think he gets rattled. And that's a big thing for quarterbacks is he just doesn't get rattled. He, he moves on to the next play mm-hmm. and you got to have a guy like that. Yeah. Yeah, it pisses me off though, Derek, because it's like he's always getting so much heat, and he's such a good guy. Like you see him walking into the to the locker room; he's very humble. It's like, what do you? What's not to like about him? I just I don't understand it. It drives me crazy. Uh, like like I said, I think you look at, um, you know, from that last game, right? I wouldn't look at anything other than um, what impressed me was he got out and ran. And yeah, he was running. I know. I've how much he was running. Um, you know. <laughs> they're talking about what he has to do in order to prove himself. I'm like, talk about the things that he's doing. That's improving his game. Mm-hmm. Talk about what he's doing. Right. That's showing you a different aspect of his game. Talk about, you know, this guy is no matter what people are saying about him, he's coming out and he's still performing. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes you look at, 
at, at some of the former players that speak and they don't, they kind of forget where they were yeah, and where right. they came from. Yeah. And, and when they were playing, when people were giving them heat mm -hmm. and how they didn't like it. And um, it becomes one of those things like, well, I'm going to speak the truth. Like, I don't think you're speaking the yeah, truth. I think you're, I think you're out there putting down heat and you're putting down hate on, on another player that doesn't really deserve right. that. And he doesn't need it. Um, you're talking about a guy who's in the Super Bowl, right? That's what your, that's what your goal <laughs> is, is at the end, at the end yeah. of the day, your goal is, Hey, look, I want to get to the ship and, and he's made it there and he's gotten his team there and it's the second year. And, and the guy played with some toughness and he's shown that, you know, over the time that he's played and, to me, I don't, I don't see where that hate comes from. I don't see what people were talking about, and I don't understand it. And I know if I were playing in the league, that's a guy I would like to play for. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'd love to block for him and protect him mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think you look at that team, and that team is the same wow. way. And the fact that like I said earlier, when you have the defense speaking about you right after the game on the field, Man, he's he's won that locker room over, and that's what you need as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's taking him back to back NFC Championship games, and now to the Super Bowl. So, I don't get it. But Holly, go ahead. I was going to ask: Do you think that this this Forty Niners team is is the best that we've seen in the college Shanahan under under his reign so far? Um, I think it it could be. I mean, it it definitely could be. I mean, you you got to take you got to take that running back and. <laughs> That number twenty three, you got to take him and put him in consideration. I know, right? He changes the <laughs> he changes the whole dynamic of any of any offense that Shanahan has had, um, just alone by himself. Um, and that defense is it's it's phenomenal. You know, um, they bring in Chase Young, put him on the other side of Bosa. Now you got to pick your weapon. Who's going to make the play? Who's not? And if you forget about one, that other one's there. And so um, I think the secondary is definitely improved because I know. Uh, over the last couple of years, I mean, I, the guys have talked about, you know, hey, secondary, secondary, you know, but I think those guys are, are definitely, you know, they've they've handled their business. They've done what they're supposed to do. Um, they put pressure on quarterbacks. Um, you can't really ask for anything else. I think so, obviously, I think this this team to come out, I mean, they've had other teams, obviously, that said, hey, look, they, they should get to the Super Bowl. And and they've, they've gotten there, you know, they they've done that, but they haven't won it. And I think this team gives them the best chance. I said it in the beginning of the year that I, I believe that if they were able to stay healthy, mm -hmm. if uh, McCaffrey was able to stay healthy and, and, and be productive like he wants to be, which is still wants to carry a load and, and be able to not get hurt or banged up, I think that they have a great shot at winning it all. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's happened. And so now you just got to finish it. You got one more game to, to, to accomplish your goal. Mm -hmm. Matt, Derek, don't don't judge me. <laughs> I got to prep. I got to preface this question. I'm, I'm I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm sorry, you okay? I'm a, I'm a disgruntled Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah. I have extreme playoff envy. Um, yeah, you know, yes, with, yes, with yes, you should. You should. Ties. Um, <laughs> right. So going back to this game last week, um, Dan Campbell, it there's a a huge disparity there in, in experience between he and, and Kyle Shanahan. Do you think that some of the coaching decisions that he made is just a lack of experience with having a, a, a playoff game like that under his belt? I wouldn't know because no. Cowboys don't make it that far. No. So I just need to hear it from you. 
No, no, I don't think there was a disparity in, in, in the amount of years that he's been there and been successful. I, um, I've talked to Campbell. I, I, I know Campbell. Um, you know, he coached my son. Um, I, 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 he has that locker room. All right. And he's changed the, the whole dynamic way that football is played in Detroit, the way the players look at, at it and how the fans perceive Detroit, um, the Lions themselves. Um, he's got that locker room believing in him and, and his coaches and his coaching staff. Um, to have that many former players on a team, I think, is is something that you see a lot in the NBA, right? You see a lot of former players coaching on the mm-hmm. sidelines um, in the NBA. You don't see a lot of former players on the same team coaching in the NFL. And I think that he's showing you that that's a way that you can really accomplish a lot of things. Um players being able to be coached by former players that did it and uh, understand it. Um, I think you, you got in a situation. I don't think the situation was too big for them. I don't think that they um, were overwhelmed by what, what they were going into. I think that um, there's certain things that you live by. And I think he decided at some point that he was going to go for it. Um, look, if he makes that one of those first downs, all right, he makes the fourth and two, or he makes the fourth and three, mm-hmm. and they score a touchdown. We're not talking about that. Yeah, true. We're not talking about. We're not talking about. Well, was he? Were they out coached? We're not talking about. You know, did he make bad decisions? We're talking about. Man, they came out and they shocked the Niners, um, a team that was supposed to win it all, and um, the fact that they put up that fight, right? That that in itself should tell you where they are. They didn't give up. Um, you know, they gave everything they had. Um, and it just didn't work out. You know, it's certain things that happen. And yeah, you know, hindsight's 50-50, right? You go back and look at it. I'm sure right now he's saying, man, I should have kicked the ball. I should have kicked it, yeah. right? But but, but believe me, like, if they make one and they score, it's a whole different ball game. Right. And, and, that's, and that's, the, that's football, right? That's why you play the game. And that's why things happen. Um, would he do it again? I don't know. I mean, it just it depends on, you know, him and himself. Like, you go into a game and you and you want to leave with no regret, and you want to leave believing you made the right calls and did the best thing for the team. Um, he believes everything is for the team. He, you know, he's changed that that whole dynamic there where it's toughness and it's it's uh, it's family and it's um, we're gonna play. We're not gonna, you know, you're gonna come into our house. You're, it's gonna be something you have to feel and you're gonna feel pain. And and he has that, and he's he's that guy that can do that, and and he's done a great job there. So I don't think he was out coached. I don't think you know um, you can take that one game and take away everything that he's done and what he's built there from just those two calls. You know that kind of that's kind of like looking at Dan Quinn and saying, you know, hey, look, he he changed the defense in Dallas, right? And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, the game against Green Bay, which everyone knew they were going to lose. Um, they they end up, you know, the defense doesn't show up. It just didn't play well, right? Um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, coaches call plays, but they can't play for the player. Yeah. And the players have to play. The players have to do what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember um, Mike Shanahan said one time, like, hey, look, if I call a play and all 11 players do what they're supposed to do and it doesn't work, then you can blame me. But if mm-hmm. one player messes up on one aspect oh. of that play and it doesn't work, 
don't look at me and say anything. Uh, you got to yeah. do your job. And so it's things like that where you look at it and say, man, what happened on that play with Campbell when he called fourth and two? Was did a play did a player miss a block? Was a player not low enough? Did he not have leverage? You know, all those kind of things. And so I don't I don't look back and say like, you know, coaches made made the bad call because you know, as a lineman, that's what you want. You want your coach to believe in you and say, hey, look, it's fourth and one, fourth and two. We're going for it. And I've been in that situation a lot of times. I was in it. And um, and sometimes we called it and sometimes we didn't. And the times that we called it, I was happy, right? Because that's you, you're putting belief in me. You're putting trust in me. Times we didn't call it, I was a little upset sometimes because it's like, hey, man, we can get this. And you just, you're not, you don't believe in this, but is that what's best for the team at the time? And the, and the coach has to be the one to decide that. Mm -hmm. Derek, speaking of when you were playing, do you have any fond memories or some a crazy story from when Super Bowl 95, the 94 team, we were in Miami, beat the Chargers, but do you have any fun stories or anything you can share with Holly and I? I have one for you. I have one for you after. So. <laughs> from the Super Bowl itself? What? Leading up to it that week, there, whatever. I mean, you're not playing anymore. It's been a long time, Derek. You can let your hair down and just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I'm bald. I don't have to let my hair down. <laughs> um, no, you know, um, I, I come on, Derek. We're in Miami. Come on, stop. <laughs> I, I I know, I know, I know, but but I'm gonna keep it clean. Okay, I'm not okay. gonna keep in I'm not letting anybody's secrets All out. Right. So oh, I, I will right. I will just say this. I will just say this. Um that was my my first Super Bowl. Um I had lost to the Cowboys twice, you know, unfortunately, right? And then uh, we beat the Cowboys and we were on our way to Super Bowl. Um, we're supposed to win. Eddie's already said, hey, we're bringing back the trophy. There's a lot of pressure on you, right? And um, the only two, the two young guys were were myself and uh, and Floyd um, on offense. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I remember everyone saying, you know, hey, treat this like a normal game, a normal week, right? And so um, – there was times where guys went out because they that's what they did during the week, right? And um, there was times where guys didn't come back on time and, and missed some curfews and things like that. And and there was, you know, a time at that point where um, the players called their own meeting and, mm -hmm. and had to really call everybody in and say, hey, look, we're here for a reason. Um, and let's not forget what that reason is. And, and, and it, it got, it got pretty vocal. <laughs> it got really vocal um, because you got to remember the dynamic of stars that we had, you know, we had, you know, you got Dent you got, you got Jerry and you got, you know, Steve, Steve wasn't a guy that went out, you know I mean? Yeah, that, he yeah. wasn't a guy that went out like, like that, you know, but you had, you know, Dion who was, you know, back in his, his element. And so, you know, um, you got Ricky Jack and, and things like that. And, and I, I just remember Ricky Jackson, hey, look, everyone's not Dion, you know, and and everyone's not going to be able to stay out past curfew and things like that. But at the end of the day, I'll tell you this. When the game was over, um, I did treat it like a regular week. And the one thing that I, I kind of look back and, and, and kind of regret is that I didn't take in more of it. 
because it's it's my third year playing right and and I'm and I know it's 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 10 years from when Richard Dent had had gone back mm-hmm. and I'm thinking like it's my third year like I'll, I'll go back again in a couple years at, at the latest right because we have a team that's just that good and just that dynamic and and so um you know obviously 11 years later not going back <laughs> and losing NFC championship games and being so close but I wish I would have taken in more of it mm-hmm. as a player um, and, and, and enjoyed it a little bit more than, more so than just looking at it as a, a normal week and not worrying about, you know, going out and hanging out and seeing things and, and, and experiencing what the Super Bowl really is. Um, obviously I've been to some after I retired and things like that. And it's pretty damn fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a lot of parties that go on. It's a mm-hmm. lot of things that happen. And um, it, it might have been uh, a little bit more fun as you're playing and doing it. Yeah. And so, but you don't want to get too carried away, obviously, because you're still there for, it's a business trip, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that, and ultimately, at the end of the day, you don't want any of that stuff to take away from you being able to, to have that hardware um, because you don't know if you're ever going to get back to get that hardware. Yeah. And the fact that I think the Niners and Shanahan and these guys have, they've had a couple, you know, opportunities. Um, you got to take advantage of one of these because you just don't know. I mean, I think if you look at it, you know, at some point the, the salary cap starts to play a factor. Um, teams start coming in and grabbing guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you think like, well, we'll be okay for the future. Nah, you got to take advantage of the opportunity now and you just never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Derek, do you remember what us cheerleaders, we flew with y'all on the plane? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Okay. Well, on the on yes. the flight back, me and one of the other girls, we remember we missed the we almost missed the flight. I don't know if you remember this. Y'all had to hold the plane for me and another hold the plane. Correct. Yeah, we got in big correct because we were out partying, right? And we forgot correct. that our flight left at a certain time, so we had to throw. I think I left some of my clothes actually in the hotel because I didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we ended up taking a cab because we missed the bus. A cab to the. Do you remember this at all to the plane? And then. I, I remember holding. I remember holding a plane for you. That's how everyone knows you, by the way. <laughs> don't 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 think no one doesn't know you for that. Everybody knows you for this. But keep going. Yeah, and Derek, you remember we? That was the time where after we flew back, we were going right into the parade. So they were kind of Correct. waiting. We were on like a very strict schedule, and I was. You know, out, Derek, you have to remember, I was eighteen years old. So talking about taking it in, I took it in. I'm like, I'm eighteen. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what I was talking about. I didn't get to take it in. I took it in for you. <laughs> she did enough team. for you. <laughs> she did enough for everybody. Yeah. So I just, like, I don't know if you remember that. Like, so just so long ago, but I just remember we were in big yeah. trouble. Eddie D. Eddie D. Would be like you, you, there's some things you don't forget, yeah. you know, it, and usually when they hold a plane for someone or the plane leaves without someone, you know, yeah, everyone. I, I can't believe for as long as I've known you guys, I've never. Yeah. And it's not like I'm Barry Rice, you know, I'm just a cheerleader, yeah. 18 years old and they're holding the plane. Oh, I got in so much trouble. Well, but the one I... thing is, 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 is Eddie D would never leave any of us. I know. And, and he always included, he always included the, the cheerleaders with us and, and and everything we did, we were we were really one big huge really like were. family, really and and it was I mean it it's hard to see because I don't I don't think a lot of teams understand how how close everybody was and how Eddie kept everyone together and he didn't want anybody excluded from anything, 
um, including when it came down to to rings and and pennants and all that stuff for the for for the uh, the, the the rings that for the Super Bowl and all that stuff. So you know, he tried to make sure everyone got taken care yeah, of. Yeah, we got a ring, Derek. Do you remember? Some, I mean, my ring yeah, is much smaller than yours, but we got those little rings. You, you guys got the rings, the same rings that the wives yeah. got, and all that other stuff. So I mean, it's it's um. I think a lot of people don't understand that. And, and some teams don't do that no. and they don't take care of the, the cheerleaders no. like that. And, and Eddie was, that's just what he was. He was you know, he was that type of an such owner. Such a class act. And I remember finding out yep. that he was the first owner, Derek, to give cheerleaders rings. And then Broncos yep. and Patriots, they all started to kind of follow yep. through. Everybody had, to, everybody had to follow yeah. in. Yeah, and I think what it was. Everybody had to follow about, in. About um, the family, even when all of us get together, like we saw each other a couple of years ago, Holly, it's crazy. We all like still like, we're like, it's like a oh, time never passed. Like, it's really neat. I'm yep. floored though that you flew on the same plane. Derek, I cheered for the for the Cowboys and to ever have the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders on the same plane with the players. I'm, I can't even, well, we were in the back and, 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 and you were back of the plane. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the fact that you were on the same plane yeah. just still yeah. floors me. Yeah. But, but you do understand that's why you guys don't win. You know, you guys aren't <laughs> tight enough, you know, Listen, I was that. back. I, I'm, I'm dating myself. So it was back in '96. Yeah, so they, were, they were coming off the back to back. At that time, yeah, but, they were. But, but, but look, but look, it, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's karma. It's karma. It's borrowed. It's borrowed time. It's borrowed time. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to change the subject on you. I'm going to throw this out of out of left field because I can't go there right now. I'm not ready to talk about it. <laughs> I need to talk about your Trojans uh, and some, some oh, Big Jesus. Ten conference. Come on. Oh, what do you God. think about this whole Big Ten situation? I cannot believe I the schedule. I like, to see the teams. That, oh, my God. Tell me about your thoughts on this. Okay. Um, I get it's for money. I understand that. I, I understand that 100%. I think that at some point they have to do a realignment um, and get rid of a lot of this so that it becomes fair for, for the players and the student athletes that are in the game, because you're talking about for football, it's not that bad, right? Because we can travel and we can come right back, but for basketball, mm -hmm. these guys are going to be on the road for a whole, a, a, a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, you're going to be flying. They're not going to want to fly back and then fly back yeah. and then fly back. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they're going to be in hotels. They're going to be missing school. It's going to be hard to have, you know, yeah, they can do some online stuff, but, you know, that's still not being, you know, at your at your campus, at your school, you know, for a long period of time. Um, and I get that's what they do in the NBA and all that stuff. So if you're getting prepared for that, then you might as well. But not now, like not not as a not as a freshman, you know, not as a, a sophomore. You know, um, some of these guys, they want to get that education and they need to be able to get it. Um, the other thing is, is like when it comes down to football wise for the Trojans, um, I'm not sure uh, at this point that they're built for for the the Big Ten um, offensively, and and I, th I think you have to look at the line being something that was viewed as being a little bit weak last year and the year before. And uh, when you look at, I think they had like they were ranked like 18th in recruiting class, and the top picks on from that class were receivers, um, not linemen. So that tells me you didn't really get better at that. Um, you're going to have a little bit of problems. You're, you're going to have a little bit of an issue. Um, and everyone that's looking at it from the standpoint of 
what kind of football is played there, it's completely different than what's played in the Pac-12. Yeah, can SC compete? They, they'll compete. They will. Um, will they? Will they be great? I'm not sure. You know, um, I don't. I don't know that they've done enough recruiting wise to do that. Now that can they pull some people from the from the portal? Yeah, you hope. Mm-hmm. But is it enough to get them by? Maybe it's a band aid, right? And um, and and you can't really do that. You have to be able to have um, something ready year after year after year, and you can't keep depending on the portal. Um, and that's that's become a, a I think a downfall for football overall. I think kids should be allowed to move from school to school if they choose. But I also believe you have to have certain scholarships. Like I think at some point they need to go and say, hey, look, you can pull X, Y, and Z from the portal, but you have to take X, Y, and Z from high school yeah. because you still want development, right? And um, and some schools aren't even taking any development. They're just taking almost like free agency in, in the yeah, NFL. Exactly. And they're saying, hey, look, we're going to take this and do X, Y, and Z with it. And this is it. And we don't care about the high school kids. And so there's no development. Well, then at some point the portal is going to run out, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's not going to be enough guys transferring. And then you're going to have to have high school kids. And are they going to be the ones ready to go or the ones that you missed? Or are they going to be JC kids? Which is fine because I was a JC guy. And, and I think that that helps develop some kids. But you got to be able to those kids got to be able to get out. When you're talking about a state that has like, like Georgia, 600 kids that usually come out of there and they, they're bringing out 250. It's not enough kids. Right. You know, um, California is a lot less in California, Texas and Florida have always been tops when it comes to recruiting for, for out of state. Um, and, and, and still there are some division ones that will take in-state high school kids because they know they're not going to get a lot of portal kids. Right. Um, and so, you know, San Jose State and 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 and, and maybe Fresno State and places like that, they're going to pull they're still going to pull their high school kids because that's what they need. San Diego State's going to pull their high school kids. They'll take a couple transfers. Right. Portal kids. But for the most part, they're going to take high school kids developing and hope that some big power five doesn't come and take those kids from them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the reality of it. But I think. When you start looking at things like that, I look at I looked at character for kids that do that. Um, I think if 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 I'm running a program and I give you a chance and and you, you become successful and, and in my program and somebody else wants to come and take you, what kind of character do you yeah. have if you just build on me? They didn't they didn't give you they didn't give you a chance yeah. coming out of high school. Okay. I'm the one that gave you yeah. that chance. You know, um and I think some kids have that and some don't, but that shows character too. You know what I mean? So um, that same kid that does that is going to be the same kid that goes into the league and, you know, you drafted him, you made him what he is. And then all of a sudden he just says, Hey, I'm out. I don't want to, I don't want to be here because mm-hmm. you're not winning. Well, yeah, but I'm not winning, but I've made you who yeah. you are because I gave mm-hmm. you the opportunity that nobody else was going to give you, you know, um, that's a great point. That That's what I look at. That's how I look at it. And I think, you know, people have to get back to understanding that kids have to get back to understanding that um, it's not always about the money. Um, sometimes it's about, you know, the morals and the values that you have in your life. What are you trying to show your kids mm-hmm. um, when you when you get older? You know, um, you know, are you a, a person of your word? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and I think I think to some extent the portal was good, but to from for the most part, I think it's hurt. Football. I think so, too. 
um, overall. I so. um, and I think like, so as I think I, I'm, I'm all for athletes getting paid, right? I think college athletes deserve mm -hmm. to get paid based off of the amount of money that they generate for schools. Mm -hmm. I just think that I don't, I don't view it as one athlete is worth more than another athlete on the same yeah. team. Um, I think, you know, cause I'm watching guys get paid $9 million in an NIL deal and I'm watching the offensive lineman get, you know, $10,000, yeah. $100,000. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's putting in the same work mm -hmm. and he's doing the same exact thing and he's building the school the same exact way. Um, I just think they need to figure out a way to make that fair for everyone. Um, whether that's, you know, the school gets the NIL and they have to divide that up for the athletes themselves or whatever, um, based on whether you're a starter or not a starter, whether you start this amount of many games versus starting that amount of many games. But in, in essence, every athlete that's in that school that's on scholarship or or walked on that's made it and being part of that team, they're all building that that school yeah. and they're all building that that campus and they're all making it better. And it, they're all making it well known. And so they all deserve to get paid um, and not just one guy. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny, Derek, you say that because me and Holly were talking about this. Arch Manning's making three. He made like 3.2 in the NIL. And then you look at Brock Purdy. <laughs> I mean, at 950000 it's like kind of, if you think about it, Derek, right. it's pretty crazy, right? Well, the, yeah. I mean, when you think about that, um, you know, back back when I played, that wasn't the biggest issue. The biggest issue, because the money that you're talking now is is sick. It's sick money, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but when I played, the biggest thing they would talk about is a guy playing, you know, six or seven years, eight years in the league, and a guy that's getting ready to get drafted is gonna gonna dwarf this guy in money wise because he's gonna be the second pick of the draft or the first pick of the draft, and he's gonna make, you know, three times the salary that this guy is making that he and he hasn't done not one yeah, thing, not he hasn't played not yeah, one down. Right. Yeah. And so um that was the big talk back then and um, now they've figured out a way obviously to cap a little bit of that right and and they bring that down and it, it becomes a little bit more fair um but you know there's still some disparity but not as much and and that's you got to figure that out in college right because um i know if you're that guy who's making nine million dollars in college on your nil deal guess what it's hard for a coach to tell you anything yeah it really is um mm -hmm. and and what if that coach doesn't he doesn't like what you're doing. Guess what? You got 9 million reasons why he's, he's going to say something. And if he says mm -hmm. something and he doesn't like it, he'll take that money and go somewhere else, you know? And, and that's, that's what this has become. Mm -hmm. um, it's not stick it out. It's not, you know, Hey, things got a little bit tough. Let me stay here and fight. It's, Oh, I'm just going to jump ship, you know? And, and that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think people talk about what comes out of the portal, but they don't talk about how many people are really in the portal. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that people miss. And when you start saying like, oh yeah, well, guess what? They pulled, you know, 300 kids from the portal. Yeah. But there's like 3000 kids in the portal. <laughs> so, yeah. so what, what happens to the other 2,700? Mm -hmm. You know, they're stuck there. There's nothing for them to do. Some can go back to their schools because they allow it. And some, some don't yeah. because they, some can't because once you jumped into the portal, you gave up that scholarship. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, that's what I, we, we've always taught kids that, you know, a football can get, get you an education. And um, 
we want you to get that education, whether it's division one, division two, or division three, it doesn't matter. It's getting that, that education for free and paid for that allows you to be successful the rest of your life. And at this point, man, when a kid's giving up a scholarship because he's just not happy where he's at, because he wants to go to a power five, because he's not, he doesn't like being in a, in a, in a division two, or he doesn't like, the power five that he's at because he's not playing as much as he thinks he should. What happened to just getting better so that you can play? Mm-hmm. What happened to mm-hmm. sticking it out and, and just grinding and, and, and hustling and, and doing the things you have to do so that you can become the starter or become a guy that's, you know, involved in the offense or the defense or special teams or whatever it is that you want to do. What happened to that? And that seems like that's just dissipated and gone away. That's everywhere, Derek, the work ethic of the younger generation. It's the work ethic of the generation. You know, they've, they've cut a lot of things for football, um, you know, time wise and, and play wise Mm -hmm. and things like that. And um, it's harder for the offensive line to gel because of the amount of time that they don't get to work together. Sometimes cutting the the preseason games and things like that, um, cutting practices two a days. Uh, yeah. The amount of padded practices you get, you know, those kind of things, you can't. You look back on it and I say, like, man, we used to be out there for two and a half hours and and sometimes three, and and then you still got an extra forty five to an hour in of extra work you know, with a few other guys mm-hmm. just because you wanted to get better. Well, now mm-hmm. that, that's cut down to an hour and 45 minutes and you're telling me guys are staying another hour. Well, they're just, that's just getting to the regular practice that you used to have. <laughs> so, so what do you want to really do to get better? You know, and, and that's, that's the hard part about it because they, they can be successful at it and do less. And so they choose to stay with that. Very few guys are the guys that really go out and do everything that's in, required old school ways, you know, and, and, and I get it. It's a a new generation. I get it's a new way of thinking, a new way of playing. I understand all that, but at the end of the day, it's the game. And um, I think you look at the injury types that are happening and occurring and the injuries are completely different, right? So we got guys that are tearing ACLs on just open field cuts. Well, well, why is that? Is that because his ligaments are weaker now than they were 20 years ago. No guys had the same ligaments. The thing is, is that guys don't hit as much guys don't work as long and they don't, they don't practice as hard. And when you don't practice as hard or you're in pads, guess what? When you're not in pads, you're not going as hard. Yeah. And so when you get out on that football field, now all of a sudden you're in pads and you want to go a hundred miles an hour Things are going to happen. So you're looking at different injuries and they, they thought they were helping themselves by stopping concussions and so forth. They may have done that, but I think over a period of time, you're going to start to watch that there's going to be different injuries that have occurred because the body is not prepared to do what they're asking it to do um, and take those type of hits and take people falling on you and so mm-hmm. forth. And um linemen are getting hurt with serious ankle injuries because a guy falls on them because they don't know how to fall with that because they haven't had that happen 25 times in camp. Right. And so you get used to those things and you know how to go with it and fall with it and so forth. And now all of a sudden that doesn't happen. And so it's, I just think those are the kind of things you look at and say, the game's changed a little bit. I don't think it's, it's safer. I think it's, 
the same game. I think you still can get the same amount of concussions because now guys aren't getting concussions by hitting each other. They're getting concussions when their head hits the ground, mm -hmm. which is not really what we got concussions from. We got concussions from being hit head to head. Right. Um, when we hit the ground, it wasn't really a problem, right? And so now it's a problem. And that's that's just a game. It's a dynamic. You guys signed up to play the sport. It's a rough sport. Let them play. Mm -hmm. Derek, this is all good stuff. This was really good. I really loved it. You were more you were talkative than I thought, Derek. This is really, I really liked it. <laughs> um, I'm glad you did. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if you'll be at Super Bowl. Um, I'll be out there in Vegas. I don't know if you're going, but. Uh, no, nah, I'm not going I thought you were going to go because the Niners nah. were in it. No, all right, all right. I was I was planning on going. All your boys um, are going. I'm actually going to go. I know they're all going. They're trying to get me to go. By and JB, yeah. all those guys are calling me already. I'm um I'm actually going to go up and speak at a church in um in in San Jose, um on the day of the game. Oh. So I was thinking about going out there and leaving Saturday night, but I mean that might still happen. Yeah, that means it's sure. going to. We've already thought it through us a little bit, so that means you're already like thinking of it. Yes, you could get. It's. I'm thinking of it's it. An hour I've been flight, thinking about Eric. it, but it's an hour flight. I'm not even worried about that. Yeah. I'm not worried about all that. Yeah, you'll be fine. So I'll see you there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, put me in trouble home. already. I'll be at home in Dallas in my nice. Yeah, home staying put. But I'll be there. I'm yeah, like the rest of the like the rest of the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't have to deal with the, the Vegas dead dog <laughs> situation. So. They, they, I agree on that, too. See that? <laughs> Whatever. On, We're not getting bed bugs. But, Derek, I'm throwing a party on um, on Thursday night again, so I'll, I'll text you and send you the info if you want to head out. Yeah, text me. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right. Take care. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. You. you guys take care. Okay, bye. All right. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.